Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to That Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. So today we have a special guest, Ashley. Ashley. Hi. So this is a different Ashley from a previous <laughs> episode. This is the not other to be confused. Ashley. <laughs> um, not the yeah. fan favorite. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Say what, girl? Come on. Just soon to be, you right? Know what I'm I guess I can't. <laughs> so, um, so thank you for coming as a guest. Yes, thanks and for having me. And what was the drink that we have? We put together a little sangria here today mm-hmm. so it's yummy i had a bottle of wine in my fridge and so and some peaches i just bought so mm-hmm. we made peach sangria so it's let's see it's peaches with a little bit of sugar and a little bit of lemon juice and then i poured a little bit of vodka over that mm-hmm. and triple sec i'm like i know there was something else in yeah. there <laughs> and then just added the wine and a little club soda it's and really then, good it's yeah good. it's pretty refreshing yeah I've drank a lot. Yeah, we <laughs> again we made a picture of it, so the picture's gone. As it turns out, Ashley is a little bit of a lightweight. A little so bit. you've had about a half a glass and you're feeling it. Yes. Yes I yeah. am. Well, I interrogated her earlier and turns out the last time she's been drunk right. was nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't even. The last time I was drunk was like two weeks ago. I don't even want to hear it. Last podcast. (laughs) Oh, cheers. But these are delicious. Yeah, they are really really refreshing. Good job, Michelle. Good suggestion. It's Mm -hmm. a warm summer day. It's perfect. Yeah, it's really hot. So peaches are in season here in Oregon. It is. Yeah. So this is good. It's just good times. All right, Kaylin, you're gonna start us off. Yes, because Ashley wants to go second, right? I do. Okay. Cool. Well, let's just jump in. Because right. this story is about Colleen Stan. I, spoiler alert, I can see right there that it's in 1977. Yes, don't read my notes. <laughs> that's the year I was born. Okay. 77, that's when all the cool shit happened. It all went downhill Not from there. For Sorry, gals. <laughs> well, that's true. She did survive, spoiler alert, again. That's a lot <laughs> yeah. of spoilers yeah. in this episode. My goodness. All by Michelle. <laughs> so, okay, so. <laughs> In May 1977, Colleen is 20 years old, and she's living in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, so this is a little close to home. It is, yep. Okay. So she's traveling to Northern California uh, to a friend's birthday party. Okay. But how she gets there, she hitchhikes because she (gasps) does it all the time. Oh, Oh, good Lord. She does all the time, and this wasn't her first time hitchhiking. So, so. this Colleen. is part of the reason why we don't hitchhike anymore, probably. is that what you're probably yeah, going to say? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Dear. Um, <sighs> so she made it to Red Bluff, California, okay. by taking rides from people. Wow. That day she did turn down a few rides because she's like, mm, not feeling like, You no. seem sketchy. Yeah. I'm going to pass. Yep. So. How then, sketchy? Hang on. Do you yeah. have to be to fucking pull over to pick somebody up and they're like, yeah, hard pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just keep on going. Yeah. I'm desperate for a ride, but not that desperate. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, dear. So, um, <laughs> a blue van pulls over. Oh, God. And it was a young man and his wife and their eighth-month-old eighth baby. 
okay, yeah. I would take a ride with them. Yeah. yeah. I'm already with Colleen on this. Yep, so she accepted, thinking, looking like a sweet young family. Um, yeah, no. The man was 23-year-old Cameron Hooker. And, yes, Hooker. Majority. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I held my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the woman was 19-year-old uh, Janice Hooker. So <laughs> they were married. <laughs> <laughs> so Cameron was a lumber mill worker mm-hmm. and had an intense bondage fantasy. How, How do, do you know this? Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> that up. is exactly what I was going to ask. This just, you know, this comes up. It comes up. <laughs> We're talking. And yeah. I will say, we've been talking a lot downstairs, yeah, and see? we have not talked about any intense bondage fantasies. She didn't know at the time. Oh, okay. But he, this is just sort of this in the back just, of his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm so nervous right now. I'm sorry. So, I don't think this is going to be the, like good kind of bondage, Fifty Shades of Grey style. No. I think this is going to be something more So they actually went out to find a hitchhiker to kidnap. Oh my god. So until then, Janice was the one fulfilling Cameron's fantasies of bondage. So once Colleen Mm. went into the van, after 30 minutes, he veered off the road, and that's when Cameron held a knife to her throat. And then... He bound and gagged her and forced her into a head box, which is a, thank you, <laughs> which is a homemade wooden wooden box oh that weighed God. twenty pounds and only confined her head, but it blocked out sound, light, and prevented fresh flow of air. What the fuck? So yeah. is she kind of like suffocating? No, I mean bit? a little bit. I mean she doesn't get <laughs> more oxygen coming in, just what her breath. Has. Yeah, so she's just bringing in. Breathing yeah. in her own yeah, CO2. I can't talk. Oh. He made it himself. Oh my of course God. he fucking did. Yeah. Little. Well, Never mind. I can't. <laughs> <think> <laughs> I, was I was waiting. <laughs> I was going to. in. It's not intuitive. Innovative. There ah, it is. Oh, okay. dear. <laughs> they, uh, they took her to a house where they tied Colleen's wrists to the ceiling. So she's hanging by the ceiling by her wrists. With that giant head thing no, on? No, they took it off. Okay. Yeah. But then they beat her, electrocuted her, whipped her, and burned her. What? Mm-hmm. The couple made Colleen watch them have sex after they just abused her. Oh. So after some time, Cameron started to incorporate rape into the forms of torture. Do we know how much time? Like, what are we talking about? A couple Wait, hours later? There. Oh. oh. Or couple like, hours, is it like oh, three for the days? Rape? No, it was it was longer time. Okay. So she was getting tortured uh, days, 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 and then he's like, "Hey, let's, let's move add this, this to the next level. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. gonna start raping you now." Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, Colleen. Oh. So after a while of this daily torture, oh. they moved into a mobile home. So there was no basement for Colleen, so they made Colleen a coffin-like box <gasps> that fit underneath the couple's bed. Okay, this is I'm out. every <laughs> fucking Fifty Shades of Grey meme come true, where it's not sexy all of a sudden if no. he's not a billionaire. <laughs> They're in their mobile home. No, and, no. Okay, so Colleen dear. would stay in that box for twenty-three hours a day oh underneath her bed. <sighs> so. That's they awful. Would, they would let her out to clean the house and babysit their two young daughters. Oh, shit. The young girls did not know she was kept there. They thought they, she was her nanny. So they and never she, knew they she lived there. She, Because she was always in the box underneath the parents' oh bed. Oh, my gosh. 
That's fucking insanity. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. She said, this is a quote from her. Anytime I was taking out of the box, I never knew what to expect. Fear of the unknown was always with me as I kept in the dark, both physically and mentally. My God. I know, right? How can you, I mean, you can't move around in a box. No. I mean, you got to just lay there. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. So. I can't even. Cameron also told Colleen that he was a member of a satanic organization called The Company. The Company? Yep. I want to look this up so bad. I won't. (laughs) He said that this was a powerful organization who watched over her and even bugged her family's house. He told Colleen if she ever tried to escape, then the company would harm her family. So, okay. Let's just kind of do a little rewind. Yes. She wasn't stalked. Like, they picked her out, but they just picked up a hitchhiker and then have now done research on the family to... No, he's just telling her this. Oh, so maybe perhaps it's not real. Mm Mm-hmm. Yuck. But she's believing it. Yep. As I probably would. Uh, I'd believe it. Um, since Colleen was obeying and remaining in the house and doing her chores and stuff like that, she was giving she was given more freedoms. So okay. she could work in the garden and she even went for jogs. What? What in the world? <laughs> was and, she kind of staying on her own volition a little bit? Well, I mean, she always had the company the company looming oh. over her, knowing if she did anything, her family would be dead. Be dead. Yeah. So I see. Okay. She's like, I know if I do what I need to do, I will be alive. And now that I can go out for jogs, I can oh. do other stuff. I mean, oh my god. So Cameron actually allowed her to go visit her family, but he went with her and said that he was her boyfriend. <sighs> mm. The family even took oh. a picture of them together, and oh, they're both yeah. smiling. Like, they were actually a couple. So, her family... Do you think she was, like, trying to be, like, mom and, like, giving her the look, like, I'm actually being raped and tortured against my will? Well, her family thought she was in a cult by the lack of communication she was doing. She wasn't talking much. Yeah, the 70s. It's true. And uh, the lack of money she had as well. But they were afraid if they tried to intervene or... She thought that she would run away back to the cold. Oh, just push her away even more. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think that was kind of a concern for a lot of parents back in the day. I mean. Yeah. Well, this is were popping up left and right. This is also a huge case of Stockholm Stockholm Syndrome. My gosh. Uh, I can't even say it. But, yeah. I mean, she was totally brainwashed thinking, you know. Yeah. Oh, Colleen. Poor thing. This went on for seven years. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. What? Yeah, seven years, from 1977 to 1984. I thought you were going to say this went on for, like, three months. Nope. <laughs> oh, my God. Seven years. In 1984, Cameron wanted to make Colleen his second wife, oh and Janice was not on board with that. <sighs> Mrs. Hooker was not <laughs> Pretty much. So Janice confessed to Colleen that she was herself was tortured and brainwashed by Cameron since they started dating and developed mm. denial techniques like she just was able to bop, put it away. Well, I was kind of wondering how mm-hmm. Janice Hooker was having a heart like being okay with picking up a hitchhiker with the little baby in the car yeah. and yeah. then 
yeah, let's totally torture her. That sounds like fun. Right. No. No. So she thought her husband could be rehabilitated. And so Mm -hmm. she did help, she did help Colleen escape. Okay. She's like, bitch, I don't want you to be second wife, so I'm going to (laughs) help you run away. I mean, she told him that the company wasn't real. None of this, like, nothing's going to happen to her family. And so Colleen was just like, what the fuck? Like, after seven (laughs) Seven years, years. this was all of being tortured and lied to. My Stockholm Um, Syndrome's going away pretty quickly now. Yeah. And I'm out She had a mental breakdown. And Janice even said, please do not call the police on Cameron because she thought he could be rehabilitated. So she she didn't. She didn't. She, so she actually, Janice dropped her off at a bus stop. Colleen called her father for money for a bus ticket back to their house. And of course Uh they were like, yes, of course, come home, not knowing what has happened. Uh But she also called Cameron and said, I am leaving. I know this is all just fake. And then he started crying. What? Because probably because he's like, holy cow, this is over. I love my second wife. I want her to stay. Pretty much. So actually, Janice, after a few months of her being escaped and back home, uh, Colleen didn't call the police. Janice actually did because she saw that he was not going to get better and realized that he should be in jail. He was probably planning another little hitchhiker, Probably, you know, pickup. So police arrest him. It goes Hmm. to trial. Janice testifies against Cameron for full immunity. Okay. So she doesn't get any charges against him if she tells everything, which she does. Snap. All right, yeah. So Cameron Hooker was charged and found guilty of several counts of kidnapping and sexual assault. He was sentenced to 104 years in prison. 104, dang, all right. In 2015, he was given a parole hearing and was denied. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, and now he's free today. In California, if you're over the age of 60, you get a parole hearing. Just automatically. Did you hear about that guy who was deemed uh, too old to be, um, like, a threat to anybody? Oh, no. And so they let him out, and he immediately murdered another woman. Are you serious? How old was he? Do you know? He was like, he probably was in his 80s. He looked like he was in his 80s. And he looked pretty feeble looking. And so the judge was like, well, you're, you know, too old and weak to do anything. And then he stabbed a woman to death. (gasps) I think it was stabbed um, pretty quickly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was terrible. And then he got arrested in. (laughs) I'm presuming I actually didn't read the article. That was a headline (laughs) shot. Gosh dang it. God damn it. Out of my articles for the months. Exactly. You can get like three. <laughs> so I get a lot of information from the headlines. <laughs> no, it's clickbait. It is probably mm. clickbait. It's probably not even true. God damn it. <laughs> so Cameron will not be eligible for another hearing until 2030 at the age of 76. 2030. God. So Colleen suffered chronic back and shoulder pain and received extensive therapy. From probably being shut in that damn box all yeah, the time. Yeah. She, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so she actually got her accounting degree and she got married, unfortunately did divorce, but had a daughter named Danielle. Um, and she's now a grandma and Colleen volunteers, um, for women's refuge center that helps abused women. So she does volunteer there. 
Both Colleen and Janice have changed their last names and both live in California, but do not communicate with each other. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. Yeah. It's like, no. yeah, I don't really want to talk to her. Yeah, no. So, I mean, hopefully things are going well for her. I mean, she got her degree. Yeah. You know, she's a grandma. God, that's... Sad. Yeah. That's intense. That's bad Seven news. years of being tortured and brainwashed and... Yeah, and yeah. put in a coffin every single day. That head thing, yeah. that's a hard pass for me. Head box, <laughs> yeah. I don't ever want a head box no. situation. No, that sounds awful. No. Um, <laughs> I feel sick from your story. I know. I honestly I do. thought it would be too intense, but... So you went with it. Yeah. You know, I was reading, what is the guy, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, is in all the news. Is that his name? Did I get it completely wrong? Yeah. Um, but I was reading about some of the girls who, you know, he had, you know, back whenever. And, you know, they were like 14 years old and 15 years old. And they felt like they, you know, could do nothing else. They mm-hmm. had no way out. They had no options. They had to just go with it. And one was like a straight A student and doing all these amazing things in high school. And then ended up like... In, with drugs and getting yeah. arrested and it just it fucks you up yeah. and it's it's so upsetting mm-hmm. because I don't know it's just so much trauma and these poor girls and, I know. it's um, awful no so yeah sad. yeah if there's any success story it's really nice I mean it's rare I think no I mean unfortunately abuse like that just yeah like it's, it alters twists you yeah and, for yeah. sure I imagine, especially if you're young, like that would probably quite literally alter your brain probably. differently than even an adult. I bet you're like, I bet that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's a, pro- I'm sure, a lot of like internally blaming themselves. Yeah. Like, this wouldn't be happening unless I deserved it or right. some such right. thing. And oh, it just makes me so sad. Well, a lot of victims I have, they said, I would tell them, like, don't do the I shoulda, coulda, woulda like, yeah. type thing because that's what they do. I'm like, I should have done this. I would have done this. It's no. different. It's like, no, you did. That person should not have done that to yep, you. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. Exactly. It was their choice, not yours. Yes. So that's what I always tell them. But uh. it's still sad that it happens and then they feel blame. It's like, uh-uh. no, no. It's not you. It's not you. It's them. It is. They're assholes. Yeah. But there's lots of resources out there to help people. So. Yes. Please use them. Yeah. You know, now, actually, after that human trafficking story I told like forever yeah. ago. Yeah. I go to the airports now, and there's signs everywhere. Oh, for, really? You know, see something, say something. Yeah. You know, yeah. for if you see, you know, some poor girl or boy who has been, you know, clearly doesn't seem like they should be with that adult or something. You right. Know, say something and speak up, because yeah. who even knows? Oh, yeah. Gosh. You just never know. Which is awful. Well, now we're on the verge of killing ourselves. Yeah. So what's your story, Ashley? Yeah, let's hear it, Ashley. <laughs> well. <laughs> Thanks Welcome for the, the intro. <laughs> yeah. Feeling good. Yeah. We like to do our part. It was a cold oh. January. No, just kidding. Oh, I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> she got some good. Yeah. Bringing good up detail. my ring stick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have, like, about... paid you $20 yeah. if you had pulled out a fucking just... rain stick just then. No, she's talking about bringing one. I'm like, yes, do it. <laughs> I can't even make the noise. Yeah. 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 That is a Get, cool like, a noise, 10 though. can. Yeah, what? A tin can. Like, oh, rain yeah. on the roof. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. No. The next episode is going to have all kinds of sound, sound effects. effects. <laughs> yeah. 
right. <coughs> Not Excuse today. Me. Not today. Okay. Okay. On January 24th, 2006, mm-hmm. okay. Ricky was cruising down an iso- isolated Australian road by himself when mm-hmm. he came upon a group of stranded drivers. Oh. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> this is like Jeepers Creepers or some shit, oh, like all over great, again. Scary movie. Yeah, it's not great. Was uh, it not in Australia or some shit? No. Okay, screw you, Caitlin. It was in Australia. All right. Unwilling to let the men trudge through the outback without any hope of finding help, Ricky picked one of them up. It was a decision that would change his life forever. Oh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Uh, 35-year-old Ricky McGee was living in Queensland, Australia. Uh, can we pause for a second? Yes, Caitlin, right. would you pick people up? You're driving around. Hi, matey. That's not right. Hi, matey. Hi, matey. Let me go pick up some hitchhikers. Got your pirate kangaroo. Hey, mate. Is that better? Are you trying to be Australian? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a dingo ate my baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, wow. so you're driving around oh. saying these things to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Would you be, and you see a stranded group of people. Would you pull I, over? No. No, you're bitchy. Well, that's because Actually, it was a group of it depends. people. I, and then I don't know anything about cars anyway, so I wouldn't be able to help anyhow. So mm. what am I supposed to do? Like Give them a ride to safety, perhaps? It depends on what the situation looked like. If someone looked like they were injured, then yeah, I would stop. But if they were just like crowding around, like talking, I'd be like, nah, man. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't have stopped either. Yeah. But in the bleeding case, I probably yeah. would have stopped. Yeah, I would at least ask, like, is everyone okay? I've heard too many stories of people like faking incidences to get oh. you. So I think I'd like pull up and like call 911. Barely st- crack yeah. the window. <laughs> Are you guys okay? <laughs> yeah. You're bleeding? That's too bad. <laughs> I've heard of this. <laughs> Actually, I think that is. It's like a freaking trap they talk about on Facebook all the time. That's scary. Yeah. That's not Asshole good. people. Okay. Sorry. So this guy. All right. It was January 2006, and though he had experienced some recent troubles, things were starting to look up. I and thought she was starting over. <laughs> like, no, you're like, you're starting already. You don't have to start over. <laughs> you can keep going. You guys got really sidetracked, yeah. so here I go <laughs> again. <laughs> Rewind. Sorry. Stay focused this yeah, time. Sorry. Say, say no, it no. again. No. No, no. Oh. Start from my second beginning? No, I yeah. think you're... I mean, just keep oh. going? Just continue on. Yeah, listen to whatever Caitlin says. Uh, <laughs> uh, in fact, he was on his way to a new job opportunity, driving oh. along the highway when he ran into a few more poor souls down on their luck. Okay, so he has passed one group of stranded people, and then now there's a separate group, or is this the same group? I think it's the same group. They're just okay. grabbing it out. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is just a long ass story yeah, that they're trying really to get want to detail build. for. <laughs> As he drove down the highway, Ricky was flagged down by three Aboriginal. Oh no, did I say it wrong? Yeah. No, okay. you're good. Yeah, <laughs> that's Aboriginal. Right. That's correct. Uh, found some men. Uh, <laughs> now she's just gotta scroll through. Yeah, something happened. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, who seemed to have been wandering down the long barren stretch of road all by their lonesome. Mm. Not one to leave a stranded traveler behind. Ricky pulled over and found out that the three men had run out of gas some distance down the road. Erring on the side of caution, Ricky let one of them in the car with him so he could drop them off at the nearest camp. So he took one of them to go get gas? Yeah. Okay. And then he's Not like, all of them. Okay. ha ha, you two other two losers, stay behind. Yeah. I don't trust I mean, you all. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. We're on board with Ricky's yeah. decision making at this point. Pretty All solid. Right. It was a hot day in the Australian dry season, and since he had no idea how long the men had been, men had been traveling on the dusty road, Ricky offered to share his drink with his new friend. After they finished it, the man reached into the back and took out another drink for Ricky. Only he added a little something extra to the soft drink. Oh, dear. A sedative. Oh. He's been roofied. After a few sips, Ricky began to feel strange. He felt as if he were floating far away, losing control of his body. The hitchhiker grabbed hold of the steering wheel as the two careened to the side of the road. Before he could fight back for control of the wheel, things went completely dark and Ricky McGee passed out. Oh, dear. When Ricky came to around dusk, he was sitting in the passenger seat. Using all of his remaining strength, he jumped to the driver's side and began to pull away from the voices he heard whispering outside. Before he could get far, however, one of the hitchhikers jumped on the back of the car. The last thing he remembered was crashing the car nearby, then darkness. Oh, no. Oh, that's not good. <sighs> it gets worse. Oh, no. <laughs> Ricky woke up wrapped in plastic tarp. Oh, no. He was barefoot and could hear the sounds of dingoes pawing and grunting at the edges of the tarp as if oh. they were trying to get in. A dingo did eat the baby. <laughs> yeah. Sure trying. <laughs> He shouted with all of his might and heard the dingo scurry off. He stood up but fell over again almost immediately. In his disoriented state, he came to several conclusions, the first of which they'd stolen his bloody car. Oh, no. So, so he is out abandoned, getting pawed at by dogs, wild just, dogs. He's just wrapped in a tarp? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, dear. Ricky was carless and shoeless in the deadly Australian dry season. He needed to find a water source, and quickly, if the temperature reached over 40 degrees Celsius, he'd die of thirst in a matter of hours. He wandered for a bit before he finally realized that the hitchhikers had dropped him smack dab in the middle of one of the most inhospitable places on Earth, the Australian Outback. No. You want to know where I never want to go? Australia? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> correct. We have two listeners in Australia. Oh, um, sorry guys. It sounds like the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't want a bug to like bite that my face sad. off. That's We have two listeners <laughs> in Australia. Hey, it's Jeff just, and Bob. Yeah. Hey, guys. How's your mom? They're gonna have Thanks a lot to say about the I matey thing. <laughs> Fosters. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. Good. Oh, proceed on. I want to kill myself. <laughs> Ah, though he held out as long as he could, Ricky knew it was time to resort to desperate measures. In an effort to conserve what little water he had, he begrudgingly drank his own urine. Aww. It was sterile. <laughs> like, Aww. Aww. All together. <laughs> it was sterile, which he knew and would stave off thirst. His next big problem was hunger. It wasn't until five days of wandering that he finally found food. Okay, hang tight. Five was- days, you said. This was it. Has he been drinking his urine for five days? Because I feel like you can't drink your urine for that long. Maybe he just did a. Maybe he found a water source by now? Doubt. Um, I don't know. Continue. Uh, After several days of walking in bare feet, Ricky was starting to become weary. His feet were badly cut and his belly was painfully empty. On the way to find a road, he happened upon an abandoned dam. This meant a consistent water supply and food. With other options, Ricky took to eating bugs, flowers, lizards, leeches, even frogs to stay alive. All right. Frogs, I can see. Leeches, I'm probably going to have to pass on the leeches. That's a no. Leeches suck. Literally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kidding. 
So he's just wandering about yeah. pretty much doing wow. a non-voluntary walkabout, if yeah. you will, in the Australian outback. Uh, he had a consistent water supply. Oh, he did find oh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he did find oh, okay. one. So it's not just urine the whole time. No. Yay. Okay. Good job, Ricky. Woo. Uh, Ricky rested in the dam for about nine days while his feet recovered. He decided to move on after that and walked onward for another two days, passing out often from a combination of dehydration and heat exhaustion. Oh, oh. So, that's a bummer. How hot is 40 <laughs> degrees Celsius? I don't know. It's like over 100. I'm sure it's over 100. 105 or something. Well, and I'm sure there's no, hardly any coverage, no 104. shade. Yikes. And no shoes. Oh my gosh. They're probably all blistered. No wonder you had to hang out for nine oh days. Oh my gosh. All right. At Sorry. the end of the path, you're good. He, at the end of the path, he found another bigger dam. This one full of much cleaner water and surrounded by a huge supply of yummy insects. Hooray. Now he's it. <laughs> I probably would be at that point. I've seen The Lion King. Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Grubs. <laughs> What do they Grubs. say? They taste like chicken? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. All right. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> For six weeks, Ricky stayed near the second dam. Oh, my gosh. Six a long weeks? Time. Holy cow. It's out. Ugh. Hoping that someone might come by to find him. Okay. Mm. Well, I get it. You don't want to leave your one water source and food source. Yeah. And I probably would, too. To just roll into the unknown. Yeah. He couldn't risk wandering back into the wilderness if it took him away from his food and water supply. Boom. Spot on. So so he built himself a makeshift home called a humpy. Is that a thing? A humpy. Oh, okay. All right. So it's like a, it's like mud and grass and thing, and he made himself a little shelter, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably is pretty cool in there. Yeah, with the mud. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the mud would keep the dingoes out during the night. Oh, fucking dingoes. So, as he made his new life in the wild, Ricky McGee pushed himself to keep going. He knew that despite how terrible things were, how awful the food was, he needed to survive. In the process, he learned things he never thought he knew about himself. However, a positive mindset can only take someone so far. Wrong. <laughs> I disagree. I feel like I would have had a dingo as a friend. By now, if I was in his case. Don't you think? Are you saying you could have, like, a coyote if you were here? As a if, friend? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. I mean. I feel like I'd be best friends. I mean, they're wild the, animals. Yeah, I would have befriended it somehow. Oh, okay. And then, like, we'd yeah. be snuggled together in a uh, little thing. Nice. What is it called again? A little humpy. Humpy. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what the internet told me. the dingo. Right. In the humpy. That I've named Goose. Aww. Goose too. I love you, Goose. Goose too. Oh, man. In the beginning, Ricky was so certain he'd be rescued. Yet his time pressed on as desperation, hunger, loneliness, heat stroke, and dehydration began to take their toll. Ricky's optimism waned. Still, he hoped that his sister and his parents, his friends, even his neighbors knew that something was wrong. That someone. <laughs> someone was looking for him. So sad. It is sad. After like a week and a half, they'd be like, well, most likely she's dead. We're not going to look anymore. Is she still going to pay me? <laughs> That's my... I'm going to build Now I fucking hours. know. You come after me for my paycheck. Yeah. I get it. Like, so it's been like four weeks. Like, yeah. Four. I've been working a lot lately. I'm <laughs> uh-huh. your slack. <laughs> oh my that God. That feels right. <laughs> 
The days began to bleed into one another. It was difficult to keep track of them, especially after losing so much time traveling through the outback. More disheartening than the struggle to survive was the boredom. It was difficult to pass the time with his own thoughts. And as his choleric intake waned, he was becoming progressively weaker. Mm. Once Ricky had stopped dropping weight, it took him ten minutes to even get out of the humpy. Even fetching water and foraging for food was a struggle. In his off hours, he waited for the sun to set. Ricky watched episodes of The Simpsons in his head. Aww, oh. I was like, how the fuck is he watching episodes of The Simpsons? You can't call, but the Wi-Fi is great. <laughs> oh, dear. So he's losing it. Oh, touch. <laughs> he thought about his life back home and how much it all meant to him. Then one day, McGee heard the sounds of a car approaching. Two station hands from a local cattle ranch had been on a routine drive of the land when they saw the man emerging from beneath an old steel feeding trough. He survived alone in the outback for 71 days. <gasps> Whoa. That's a lot of days. But the toll it took on his mind and body were great. We have a picture here that okay. they oh, can see. Oh, let's see him. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, my gosh. He's just skin and bones. He is very skinny. Says McGee's weight before he'd gone on his road trip had been a reasonable 231 pounds. But by the time he had been rescued, he was down to a measly and dangerous 105. All right. Once he was brought in, he was put on a special diet. His weight had fallen so far from his normal weight that he spent three weeks in the hospital. Oh, gosh. What is perhaps the strangest feature of Ricky's amazing journey is the fact that the police had never been able to prove that it was, in fact, a crime. And while it's true that Ricky McGee did spend an enormous amount of time in the outback and nearly died from the experience, there's no proof that hitchhikers hijacked him, a fact which has stuck in Ricky's mind since the moment he was questioned by police. Now he's probably like... Was I hit? Like, did that happen? Did, did I roll myself in a tarp? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Despite everything, Ricky believes that what he lived through made him a better person. I found solutions to problems by confronting them, says the survivor. Always keep your mind active. Don't be afraid to try something just because it might not work. And perhaps, most importantly, never abandon faith in your fellow man. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, McKee's book, Love for Dead, chronicles the 71 days that he spent stranded in Australia's nightmarish outback. In it, he talks about the experience as a whole and indicates his own displeasure at the policing system in the area, who have as yet been able to solve the case or locate his attackers or find his bloody car. So, (laughs) drugging someone is not a crime? Or yeah, we're stealing crime. their like car. Sh- That's grand theft, isn't it? I think or it's just because they couldn't find it. So it's like, no proof, sorry. <gasps> that sucks. After 71 days. I'd be so pissed. Like, well, are you sure you didn't do this to yourself? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't do this to myself. Oh, my gosh. I'd be like, well, a lot of people go on walkabouts. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Freaking walkabouts. Oh. That's crazy. 71 Sad. days. That's a long time to survive in that type of temperature. I know. Yeah. That's... I bet I got super cold at night, too. Yeah, uh-huh. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I bet I'm sure you're right, because that's how it is kind of in the desert. Yeah. Unless you have a big body of water around you. Right. Dang. Well, he's lucky. Yeah. Well, good job, Ricky. Yeah. I'm glad that you know The Simpsons well enough that you can replay <laughs> episodes. I mean, they have enough episodes, I think, that you can Yeah, what do they have, them? like... 38 seasons or something? They're still going. I think their final season's coming up, though. Okay. What? Don't say that to me. I hope that's not true. Oh. Well, that was a great story. Yeah. It was. And thank you for coming on and doing this drink suggestion as well. I have yet another reason not to go to Australia, so I appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, seriously. I'd come back with an accent. You know I would. You wouldn't, though. You think you <laughs> I would. I think I would. You think you would? And you'd be talking to me like, when's this going to end? Like, yeah. And I'd be like, not for a long time, Caitlin. You didn't come back uh-huh. with an Irish accent when you went to Ireland. No, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Is it different? It is. It oh, is okay. a little bit different. I don't think I talk to people enough. Oh, I see. I think I just talked to Joel yeah. mainly when I was there. If I did talk to people, I came home with a Minnesota accent once. After I went to Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So again, <laughs> thank you so much, Ashley. And if you have a drink suggestion or a survival story of your own, please send it to I should totally be dead right now at gmail.com. And you can see um, this drink on our Instagram and Facebook page as well at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now. And yeah, so thank you so much for coming. Yes, thanks for yeah. having me. This is fun. Yes. So and as I said before, <laughs> next time we're getting you fucking shit faced. So this will be the last time I'm on the show. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> No, this has been great. All right. Well, then uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.